0: I'm so glad that you are joining us on the Rock Your Retirement Show today. I'm Kathy Klein, your host. And today we have two for the price of one, or is it double trouble? You'll have to decide. I have Kelsey Fowler and Matt Moore with me, and they are from coolworks.com. And we decided to bring them on the show to talk about doing seasonal work during your retirement. So Matt, Kelsey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Hi,
1: Kathy. Thanks for having us.
0: Hi. Hi. I'm so glad that you are here. So before we start, tell me what is CoolWorks? What is that?
2: So CoolWorks.com is a website and we're basically a job board whose focus is jobs in great places. So CoolWorks was started 22 years ago. It was actually born inside Yellowstone National Park and it was created by a man named Bill Berg who was in charge of hiring for all of the gas stations and service stations in Yellowstone National Park. And it was 1995, the internet was becoming a thing and he thought there must be a better way To get the word out about these incredible opportunities and wonderful places other than the traditional mailings. So he created a little website and we've been doing this for 22 years since just helping people discover the opportunity to live and work in some of our country's most incredible places and be able to travel and meet new people and have great experiences as a result of that.
0: Oh, that's great. So tell me why would somebody want to go and work for the summer? It's basically summer summer jobs. Is that it? We actually have bo- we have all seasons. Oh, and there's so. we there's even some year round
2: opportunities, so a little bit of everything.
0: Okay. So let's say I've been retired for three years. Why would I want to go and work if I don't really need the money? What what would be my motivation for that?
2: You know, I think a lot of retired folks, especially these days are really still passionate about having amazing experiences and meeting people and getting out there and enjoying, you know, the greatest things that our country have to offer now that they've retired from their traditional career. So it's kind of an opportunity just to fill up your season with incredibly rewarding and exciting experiences. And I think meeting lots of friends and creating lots of really incredible relationships is another big motivator for folks to do it.
0: You know, my husband has friends that Uh, I don't know if this pertains to what you do or not, but you can let me know. So he has this couple and they're retired and they went for, I don't know if it was a couple of months or a couple of years. It was a while. They were caretakers of the Nixon library, I think. Is that the type of work that
1: you're talking about or give us some examples. Sure. That particular example probably wouldn't quite be something you'd find on our site. The opportunities that are on our site tend to be outdoor oriented, um, often in more remote locations. So I would imagine that that, that particular opportunity was based closer to a, a city. So a lot of the t- a lot of the jobs that you might hear folks finding on our site are maybe being a campground attendant for a summer, especially a retired couple might go do something like that in one of our national parks or national forests. So those are the opportunities in our site tend to be a little bit more outdoors oriented.
0: Let's say I wanted to be a campground attendant. What, what happens? Like, how do I do that? Like, do I have to have an RV? Do I get a place to stay? what, like give me an example of how that works.
1: Sure. So for the particular example of campground attendant, you would almost certainly need an RV. Um, and that's a pretty popular housing option for retired folks. They're using that as a house on wheels to get to travel and see the country. But there are also lots of opportunities, especially in the national parks where the employers provide housing. So there's typically dorm style ha- housing. There's often couples housing options. So if you're, uh, you and your wife are traveling together, you have a dorm dorm room that's available for both of you. Um, and they're generally pretty flexible on the options that are available. So there might be a quiet dorm if you don't want to be with all the rowdy teenagers. Um, <laughs> so there's there's plenty of opportunities that aren't specifically campgrounds. So retail opportunities or maintenance jobs, food and beverage. Just um, If it's a hospitality opportunity, there's a very good chance that you'll find that on our site. So,
0: okay. So let's say I want to waitress for a summer. Would that be a, a good job that you're talking about? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Every Anything anything that you can think about going on vacation and you go on vacation somewhere and these are the things you encounter, that is a good rule of thumb for a large portion of CoolWorks jobs. You know, for any destination location, they're going to need staff for their season to support those visitor services. So any guest services, food and beverage, like Matt was saying, retail is a big one. Um, maintenance is a big one. And then outside of just a hospitality sphere where you might go stay at a lodge or visit a restaurant or a dude ranch is another big collection that we have on the site. There are also a lot of other types of employers. Um, Summer camps is a big one. Outdoor education is a big one. Ski resorts, dude ranches, like I said, national parks, and then just resorts and lodges that are scattered all over the country, you know, whether it's the Adirondacks or upstate Maine or the Southwest or the Pacific Northwest, any place that you can imagine that would be beautiful to go to and spend some time. We generally have employers located there who are looking for staff and in most cases offer at least some type of housing. And, In most, in a lot of cases, what another motivator for what makes this such an attractive option for someone is that if I've always dreamed of visiting a place, instead of saving up for a year or two to take that one-week vacation of a lifetime, I can spend six months at the Grand Canyon, exploring it, experiencing it, photographing it, meeting people, and so it really gives you kind of an opportunity to have something close to a working vacation where you're able to work and make a, earn a paycheck in most cases, but also spend so much more time in a wonderful place and experience it really like a local would have the chance to.
0: Now, are most of your positions, are they full-time or can you also get a part-time? Like, let's say I want to go to the Grand Canyon and explore and I want to be there for, let's say, three months, but I don't want to work eight hours a day. Is that possible? Or should I say, "Mm, just go for a week and and write a check to the hotel? (laughs) What do
2: I do? There are, I would say that a rule of thumb is that the majority of them are full time positions. You know, These employers are looking for staff to help them in a lot of cases just through A lot of them are seasonal. So a lot of them are looking for someone to help them get through their three, six, eight month season. And it's all really comes down to their housing. So there might be an employer at the Grand Canyon who has plenty of RV spaces and dorm style accommodation available. Places like that are going to be able to have a little bit more flexibility and say, you know what, Kathy, I can work with you if you and your husband want to come and just work part-time in our gift shop and maintenance, we have the space and we have the housing to accommodate you. So that can work out. It's all going to be based on the individual employer and situation though. So they are out there, but probably more predominantly folks look for people who are willing to work closer to a full-time schedule.
0: So would that be Eight hours, seven hours, six hours? What do do they consider full-time, most of these uh, employers?
2: Again, it really all depends because there are so many different companies represented on our site. We always encourage job seekers, you know, read their materials, research them, and then reach out because every company can be different. There are a lot of companies out there that give everyone two consecutive days off, shifts are typically around eight hours a day, you work about a 40 hour work week. But then there are some other companies that ask staff to work six days a week. And there might even be some operations, you know, in a in a location like Alaska, where maybe they're salmon fishing for a really short season, and they only have eight weeks or nine weeks to do what they're doing for the season. They might even ask people to work 7 days a week. So, it really all depends on the on the place and the employer.
0: Right, but if you're working on a fishing boat, you're probably going to make more than minimum wage, right? Sure.
2: Yep, they do. They have a higher hourly wage and then overtime generally kicks in as well. You know, one thought for those folks who might be interested in more of a part-time opportunity is to look into back to that campground host idea. A lot of the campgrounds in our national parks and national forests and public lands and wilderness areas, they generally work out something with their seasonal campground hosts where it's a volunteer-based opportunity. So People generally work more of a part-time schedule and volunteer instead of earning a paycheck. But in exchange, they get to spend the summer in Glacier National Park, living in the park and, you know, working a few hours a day. So that's an idea.
0: Are those hard to get? Like, it seems like there'd be a whole bunch of people applying for those campground hosts because basically you're enjoying the campground, Right. And then just making sure that there's no rowdy people or garbage left out for bears to come and eat you. Right, I mean, <laughs> I mean,
1: what does a campground host do? Those are the those are the primary uh, those are the primary responsibilities. <laughs> um, they they certainly can be competitive, uh, especially depending on location. So you know, if you were wanting to get one of those Glacier National Park or Grand Teton National Park or Yosemite, those would definitely be harder to come by. But uh, one thing that I think a lot of people aren't aware of is that there are just so many public lands and opportunities, especially in the West. So you look at how many national forest locations there are, uh, wilderness areas, Bureau of Land Management. I mean, there there's just hundreds and hundreds of opportunities um, to to find these campground attendee positions. There there's they're all over the place. But yeah, typically the more popular the location, there'd be more competition for those. But there's
2: also there's also opportunity. You know, a lot of folks who might do that. Like I did I did Glacier last summer. So this summer, I really want to go to the Grand Canyon. You know, that's part of what's so attractive about this opportunity to work seasonally in amazing locations is that you can really collect them all and travel around and experience a new place every six months or every summer. So there's a fair amount of openings that come up as well, just because people
0: like to experience new things. Huh? This, this is so cool. I mean, who knew that, there were so many of these positions. I mean, when I've gone to public parks before, I've spoken to some of the, the the campground hosts and talked to them. And it sounded like it was a really fun opportunity, you know, and the people do it every, every year. They, they keep going, like you said, they might not go to the same place, but they keep doing it just because they really enjoy it.
2: Yeah, and not just and not just as the in the campgrounds, you know. Back to the idea of the lodges and and the resorts and the national parks. I mean, there are so many incredible jewels and rubies, kind of our our American history. So many of the lodges in our national parks were built in these incredible moments and have this amazing architecture. And when you're working at one of them, you're helping families and retirees like yourself or you know and international tourists you're helping people literally experience the trip of a lifetime in some place that is just so special and uniquely american and such a treasure that it's really not only is it so rewarding personally cuz you get to call yellowstone national park your backyard for a whole 6 months and see all sorts of incredible stuff but you get to help others do that. So it's a really a really wonderful way to beat the heat and get out of, you know, Arizona for the summer or just get out of wherever it is you call home and experience somewhere new for a few months, have an
0: adventure. Yeah, a lot of us go out of the country. Yeah. And there is so much right here in the United States to explore. We are a very large Geographical country, right? There's, I mean, do you even know how many parks there are?
1: Oh my goodness! It's
0: a good trivia question. It sure is. I wish
1: <laughs> I could answer that off the top of my head. I should know.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break. Maybe by the time we come back, somebody will have looked it up on their phone, asked Siri or Google or whoever. Um, but we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back on Rocky Retirement. Want to support the show? I do this show as a love project for you, the listener, but I have expenses. I have to pay for the hosting of this show every month. There's also the creation of the show notes. There's the editing because I certainly can't do that myself. So I've created a place where you can go to support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and select your level of support. It would mean the world to me. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. This is Kathy Klein, the host, and I'm here with Kelsey and Matt with CoolWorks.com. And we're talking about some great opportunities for you to go out and get out there and see the United States without having to have a lot of money. And you might even get paid for it. Isn't that right, Matt and Kelsey?
1: That's correct. That's correct. There are a ton of amazing opportunities to travel um, in a more of a long-term fashion by taking a seasonal job and spending an entire summer, an entire winter in some of our most beautiful locations.
0: Now, would you say that on a percentage basis, what percentage of the workers are retirees versus, you know, college kids?
2: I would ballpark, you know, because the the boomers are really our generation that are entering that retirement um, window at this point, point. and I they're a larger generation, so there there's been a big uptick in retired folks in this seasonal scene. Um, in the last several years. So I, I mean, it's really hard to toss a number out there, but as far as the sort of communications that we get at CoolWorks communicating with job seekers, I'd say they make up at least a quarter of the, you know, the interactions and the communications of job seekers in general out there.
0: That's, that's a good big percentage, you know, so it's a lot higher than I imagined. So let's say I'm a boomer and I'm thinking about, you know, coming and working for the summer or working for a season, but I don't have any experience, you know, let's say I was a receptionist or maybe I was a mid manager for a company, or maybe I was a CEO and I have no experience being outside. What kind of job do you think I should apply for?
2: Well, first of all, I would say that I, so I, um, I had the opportunity to be an HR manager in a lodge at Grand Teton National Park for several years. So I actually hired staff and used coolworks.com to hire my summer staff every year. And just based on all those descriptions you just threw out there, I would love you. If I if your application came across my desk, I would be so excited. And it it's really In general, with these types of positions, there are some that require a certain skill set, a certain background, but there are so many more that are really entry level and open. And the most important qualifiers for these are someone with a positive attitude a willingness to work and just a genuine interest and curiosity and excitement about the place and about the lodge or the environment that they're entering into. So my kind of rule of thumb in hiring was I was always really, really excited to look at anyone's application, regardless of the work they had done in the past, if they just had a genuine enthusiasm and interest about coming to spend a summer in the Tetons, because that's really contagious. And the people who are happy and wanting to be there, they pass that on to the guests in every interaction. So there's a lot of opportunities.
0: So really, if you're friendly and happy, that's what that's like, 50% 50% of the job requirement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've
2: even got stuff for people who aren't friendly and happy. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> so you just, you find the right fit for them, maybe in a more of a not public facing position, you know, maybe something in the back of the house where, because not everyone's a people person, and that's, that's okay too, but everyone has something to contribute and an opportunity to find that. So they're, there's a lot of diversity out there and a lot of something we hear very often from boomers is that they say, you know, I'm retired. The kids are out of the house. I've got this, you know, I've got this opportunity now where we've got time and we just aren't sure about these types of jobs because we're not sure if they would want to hire someone like us. So The biggest thing that I would like to get out there and communicate to your listeners is that employers are absolutely so interested in retired folks and excited about adding that life experience and that maturity and that just unique dynamic to their staff and to their employee community because there are some really beautiful Dynamics and relationships that can happen between the boomers and the millennials, you know, forming these relationships and mentorships and working alongside one another in a restaurant or at a front desk or in a gift store. So they're really excited and love the diversity and the worldview and the experience that retired folks bring to their staff.
0: Hmm. You know, I never thought of it like that, but you're right. It would seem that that mix, you know, of the different generations would be good for the location, you know, because all different ages of people usually come through those places.
2: Absolutely. And it just adds that much more enrichment to the staff experience as well. Like I don't, I don't think any of us necessarily are excited or Our curiosity is perked by the idea of going and having some adventure where we just interact with other people just like us. I mean, one of the largest joys and payoffs is traveling is meeting people who are different from you, who have a different life and background and worldview and experience. And so that's where these opportunities, say, working in a national park can be such a, a beautiful melting pot. because. You meet people your age who might have a similar background, but then you could also strike up a really great friendship with a 20 year old from Taiwan, you know, who's working in the U.S. just for the summer or or a 28 year old who just graduated from their master's program and is taking a summer off to work in a national park. You just have this opportunity to form relationships and friendships across traditional boundary lines, which is really exciting.
0: And you have amazing experiences. So what would be the most unusual job that you've seen come across your board?
2: That's a good question. There's been some doozies out there over the years and just unique and exciting, not not unusual in a bad way, you know, just unusual in... An untraditional way. There's lots of guiding opportunities where you can be an interpretive guide and help people learn about bears in Alaska, you know, or you know, the fishing boat one is pretty unique. There's some great hiking guides. We've even had kayaking guide jobs in Norway. We occasionally get something international that just sounds incredible and exciting working on organic farms is one that always sounds really fun and unusual to me and even just cooking you know we worked in the tetons for a lot of years and had a friend there who had raised a family her and her husband were retired and she came out and cooked in our employee dining room so the lodgers will typically cater to the guests meaning providing shopping and boat rentals and a restaurant for the guests, but then you also have however many staff on site that need to be taken care of too. So there's often employee dining rooms where you have a staff that's just dedicated to cooking three meals a day for the staff of that property, which was something that she loved. She was definitely a very nurturing mother type. And she made us all all summer the best desserts. You know, we were all there to hike and be active. And I think we had a real challenge of keeping, not packing on the pounds because she just (laughs) had so much fun taking care of us and spoiling all 165 of us with these delicious, amazing
0: meals. Mm. So- now not all of the jobs are going to include meals, right?
2: That's correct. Yeah, I, I mean I think a lot a lot of them do though. Oh, and that's yeah. just another wonderful benefit cuz not having to wash a dish for 6 months, much less cook a meal for yourself, gets pretty it's pretty easy to get used to after a while once you really get into it and realize what a huge amount of time it saves you to out there exploring and having fun, but a lot of them do provide meals because in most cases, especially in the national parks, that housing that the employer provides isn't going to include cooking, any sort of accommodation that has a kitchen in it, just both for safety and logistical considerations. So in most cases, they'll have something like an employee dining room set up or in a smaller setting, like on a dude ranch, very oftentimes the staff eat with the guests. They're included in kind of that family atmosphere dynamic that takes place on a guest ranch is that everybody kind of comes together for meals and
0: square dancing and softball games. That is so cool. Okay, tell me what kind of jobs I could find on a dude ranch.
2: They are always looking for jack of all trades as they like to call them. So someone with solid maintenance skills or a background in that whole handyman or any of the trades, you know, electrician, carpentry, refrigeration, any of those are often in high demand. Um, Guest, just any general guest services also covers a wide range of opportunities. So going back to if you're a friendly person with a good attitude, they can definitely find something for you, whether it's just reservations or helping people plan their days and activities. And then the ranches also look for people with equestrian backgrounds. So if you've owned horses, if you have that sort of skill set, they're often looking for wranglers, people to take people on trail rides and help them be cowboys and cowgirls.
0: <laughs> do they have to catch their own food? <laughs> do you have to, do you have to catch the the food and cook it or or do you not have to do that on a dude ranch i've never
1: been on one you probably never have to but it's an option (laughs) it's always available option (laughs) okay if you happen to get skunked on the river they'll have a backup in mind so they'll have something ready for you in case you don't manage to catch your own food
0: when you say skunked you mean you didn't catch any fish you don't mean a skunk sprayed you right
1: Well, either one could happen, <laughs> but yeah, if you if you didn't manage to pull anything out of the river, then uh, you'll you'll be fed either way. The guest
2: ranches are actually often known for their culinary. They've and and I think in recent years, there's all different kinds of ranches as well, from like working cattle ranches where it's very traditional and kind of old school to luxury dude ranches where they have a full service spa on site and all sorts of other really kind of, you know, luxurious um, features. So, but the ranches in general, a lot of them have, might have a little garden on site where their chef is really working on farm to table options on their menu. You know, they spend a lot of time and focus trying to craft a really unique and special experience for their guests. And we've heard from, interacting with that industry. We just recently attended the dude ranchers association conference here in Denver. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like once you, once you try the guest ranch vacation, people just kind of keep going back to it year after year after year, because it's such a unique and special opportunity for you to really have that connection and that family time, which is so kind of hard to find in these times and these days. So um, it's a it's a really unique and neat type of seasonal job where you really are part of a small tight knit very hard working community. I think it would be a really rewarding one to try.
0: It sounds like fun. Are those yeah. dude ranch opportunities? Are they usually three months, six months like if I wanted to do just a short term. Is that long enough or does it take a long time to kind of get in the swing of things so they want it more like six or nine months?
1: Yeah, guest ranches typically have a shorter operating season. Uh, It's not across the board. A lot of them operate from mid-May just until September, but there's certainly guest ranches that operate year-round. A lot of them do snowmobile tours and uh, snowshoeing and skiing tours in the wintertime, Um, but the majority of the, the summer operations typically have a little bit of a shorter season
0: so i could do it just for a few months i don't have to make a 6 month commitment
1: absolutely if you were looking particularly for a shorter for a shorter contract or a shorter opportunity um, guest ranches there's plenty of them that just have you know a 12 week operating season
2: okay another suggestion that i often make to people who are new to this so this is a new concept i've never heard about seasonal work before I've never considered it and I'm not really sure it's for me because that's that's a reasonable concern to have going into it a lot of folks don't feel comfortable committing to a six-month work commitment if they've never done anything like this before so I always encourage people consider your first time if you want to just try it out looking for something in spring for employers, winter employers that are finishing up their season, they might need someone for just two months, you know, to get them through the, till the end of the season or late summer, early fall, fall. Every fall, we have employers who are looking for people to come out and just spend four to eight weeks just helping them close out the summer. For example, I worked at Bryce Canyon one fall for five weeks they just needed somebody to help them close out their season i was free i had this window of time i'd never visited any of our national parks in utah so i said why not and i worked in the dining room for five weeks and helped them round things out you know college kids can go back to school other things can happen where they're really short staffed at the end of the season and so it's a great opportunity for someone to just Dip their toes, we like to say, and try it on for
0: size. That is great advice. Do you have any other advice for our Baby Boomer listeners before we say goodbye?
2: Oh, geez, that's hard. My advice would just be if adventure, travel, experiencing new places and meeting new people is anything that appeals to you to consider seasonal jobs and come visit us at coolworks.com and give it a try. We really, something we say every day. Around the water cooler here at Coolworks, is that we believe that we change lives one seasonal job at a time. And it's never too early and never too late in life to give yourself the adventure and opportunity of a lifetime. So if it perks your interest, give it a try. Go for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, it's, you're obviously not going to get rich doing these seasonal jobs, but it's a way for you to go and experience have an experience that you wouldn't normally have had. It just sounds like so much fun. So I heard that the two of you have written a book. You want to tell me about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we have collaborated um, with a person named Susan Shane, who's someone who we came to know because she is an experienced seasonal worker and online blogger and has her own wealth of expertise in travel and seasonal work as a means to travel. So we collaborated with Susan on a book called The Ultimate Guide to Seasonal Jobs. It's really just an encyclopedia of knowledge on everything you can want to know about seasonal jobs. So information about housing, about pets, about seasons and how to apply and what you can expect during your time and just all sorts of great information because both of us, uh, both CoolWorks and Susan, get questions all the time from people wanting to know more information about this kind of undiscovered world of seasonal work. So we got together and decided it'd be a great idea to, to release a book.
0: Wow, where can we buy the book? That is a great
2: question. We are hosted on a site called Gumroads, but you can come to coolworks.com or you can go to Susan Shane, S-H-A-I-N dot com, and both of those sites will have links to the landing page where you can access and download the ebook. And we really, our motivation, like Matt said, was really just to help share this information and get the resource out there. So it's a pay what you want model. You can pay a dollar for it. You can pay $15 for it, but we just really wanted to make it accessible and give people a resource that might help them feel encouraged, feel prepared and feel informed to take on kind of a new adventure and go out there and get after it, so to speak. So we collected all of the most commonly asked questions and some insights and stories and lots of tips from other seasonal workers that have done it in the past and rolled it all up into one handy dandy ebook. It also has a workbook at the end, um, which will help you prepare and kind of get your mind and finances and everything else in line to help you be ready to go out there and do a seasonal job.
0: That sounds perfect. So it's the ultimate guide to seasonal jobs. And you can get it at either susanshane.com or coolworks.com. And I'll have links to that in in the show notes as well. So is there anything that you would like to say before we say goodbye?
1: I would just say if you're thinking about it, just take that first step and do it. I've worked a number of seasonal jobs, and I've worked alongside numerous retired folks. And one thing that I've never heard any of them say is that they regretted doing it. Um, most of them say they thought about it for a long time, and then they finally did it, and it's just been the most rewarding experience. And we've um, developed a lot of great friendships and a lot of great relationships with, with folks that went out there and did it. So if you're thinking about it, just ask the questions, reach out to us. We're happy to help and point you in the right direction, but there is an opportunity for you. So just take that first step and go for it.
0: So there you go, listener. You heard it. You can rock your retirement by getting a job. So thank you so much, Kelsey and Matt, for coming on the show. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement.